0: If you're like me, you were tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dying Podcast, Sweat Tailor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Tailor and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pants that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies. Sweat Tailor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your every day. Use promo code B D E E G that is D E E G S T for 25% off. That again is B D E E G S T for 25% off your order at SweatTailor.com. And welcome back to another episode of Double Doin' Podcast. My name is Brendan D. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking Chicago Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to recap the Eagles' 31-17 victory over the Miami Dolphins. They've improved to 6-1. and one. We're going to touch on some trade deadline stuff a little to the end. Maybe zoom out a little bit on this team. But we'll start with the Dolphins. No one else to do with the My man, my friend, Mr. Thomas isn't back from a vacation in Portugal, which is why we weren't on the mic last week, but we were back
1: and ready to go. Thomas, how are things? How was your vacation? Give us the details. I think it was a pretty good week to take, you know, just a week off from talking football after that Jets game. That was the right, we chose the right week. It's a much better week to talk about Eagles right now. I, it was funny. I, I could tell you were missing. Like being involved in the Eagles
0: stuff, because you DM'd me a lot on your vacation. It was a, yeah. lot, a lot of Eagles questions, uh, which was I love it, but like it was, I could tell like you were sniffing to get back. <laughs> I, need, at, at I needed to get, team. I needed to get some thoughts out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Um, did you, you weren't, so you were, you said you watched the game in an Uber, right? Or something like that. Like you didn't, you weren't able to watch it at a bar.
1: The Jets, was it the Jets game, right? So, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. I just, it was just a terrible experience all around yeah we we didn't really get to to do anything cool with that um yeah it was disappointing in every facet that day well the eagles rebounded like we said 31 17 victory over the
0: miami dolphins on sunday night football in the kelly green jerseys let's start with the kelly greens how did uh how did it feel for you i it was everything i could have wanted could have imagined um i thought aj brown specifically like just like the coolest looking player in the, in the Kelly green Jersey. Um, green. I, I thought, I thought it hit. I thought it hit perfectly
1: for some reason. I don't know why, but
0: Boston Scott. Yeah. My, fr- I had a fr- so I watched the game with my close friend, Jason, um, who's also an Eagles fan. And he like, right at the beginning of the game, like, you know, they're showing Boston
1: Scott get the first kick return. He's like, yeah, Boston
0: Scott looks so cool. I'm like, you know what? Like you're, you're not, you're kind of right
1: there. Yeah. He, he uh, I don't know what it was. I, I think it's, I think it's cuz both like both Boston and AJ I can they're kind of like they're muscular like kind of they're yeah. kind of thick built they're so they really uh yeah they fill out the uniform as well and I don't it's, it's probably that's what it was I mean it's not like uh it's not like Devonte Smith for example didn't look good in it but yeah it, it just had a different uh it hit different with uh with Boston and and AJ mm-hmm, and of course true. it was it was great to see like it's great to see some of the guys like like Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, some of those those old guys who are who are probably nearing the end. That they, I mean, they just look good in that as well. It, remind me, do they have another game in Kelly Green this year? They have one more. Is it Buffalo? It Might be Buffalo. Um, Is there a limit to how many times they can wear? Yeah.
0: So um, the eagle. Uh, the, when will the Eagles wear Kelly Green? I'm sorry, I was just googling it. Um, so they have two games this year. That was announced beforehand. Um
1: like I think it was announced in May I believe right week when, 12 uh, is going to be the next one Week 12 I think that's Bills right Yeah 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 Buffalo yeah you're right
0: Yeah so against the Bills That's pretty cool that they, they, they those are two pretty cool games that they're doing it for Um I'm really excited for the uh, for that Buffalo Bills game I was I was looking to try to get to Philly for that game tickets are just crazy expensive but yeah um Oh was, we got uh, breaking news Are you talking about
1: the Eagles traded for Kevin Byard. Oh, my God. On the pod. There you they, go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Well, I guess that uh, <laughs> that trade talk you wanted to do. Oh, uh, my God.
0: So well, it's literally what we five, three, 45 minutes in. And, OK, well, we have to talk about this now. Well, let's put the yeah. Dolphins game aside. Screw so, the Dolphins. They're yeah. just a bunch of whiny <laughs> guys anyway.
1: They have won the penalties. You want, you want the quick recap of the Dolphins game? Eagles, defense rocks. Ten points. Uh, uh, the Dolphins are a bunch of whiners. The only reason the Eagles didn't have a penalty in this game is because Dolphins offset penalty, offset penalties throughout the entire time. Uh, the brotherly shove is unmatched. Nick Sirianni said it the best. If, if it, if it, everybody could do it, everybody would do it. They can Eagles are unmatched in that. AJ Brown is the best receiver in the league right now. He is a franchise legend already, just in terms of breaking record, shattering dreams. Uh, yeah, he is, um, he is terrific, Jalen Hurts. We need to talk a little bit about that after the Kevin Buyer stuff. But yeah, there you go. That's the uh, that's my Dolphins breakdown. <laughs> this is uh, this is wild. Has, has this ever
0: happened to us on the podcast? Like nope. where I, I don't remember, I don't recall, uh, I don't recall ever getting like a, a live reaction to something like this. So I mean, there's no details on the trade yet. All we have is that the Eagles have traded. For safety, Kevin Byard. Uh, we're going to k- try to keep you uh, keep you posted as the podcast goes uh, on the conversation. What not safety, Kevin Byard. That is
1: yes. Uh, what do you uh, instant reactions to this? What do you make of this? I mean, he's the guy I wanted. Um, he's the guy I wanted them to get in the off season, um, and it, it there was so much going on about his contract situation. He wanted a new situation than the, the, the Titans. He didn't have a market. Uh, the safety market was just rough in general for everybody. We saw that with. Uh, uh, with our very own, uh, who, who, um, who left, uh, left in safety as well, uh, left in the free agency market as well. So Kevin Byer couldn't get what he wanted. He ended up reworking his deal with the Titans to stay there. Um, but it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good fit. Naturally, he knows AJ Brown. He's mm-hmm. a yep. really physical guy. Um, he's a smart safety. He's like, He's been around. Eagles right now, their 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 safety situation has been all over the place. I mean, they, they've they've started four, five different safety combinations, despite only having four guys on the team. Mm-hmm. Reed blankenship and Justin Evans. Justin Evans and Terrell Edmonds. Then Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Blankenship. Then Sydney Brown, Reed Blankenship, and then Sydney Brown and Terrell Edmonds. I think so, it's been five combinations so far. That, yeah, they five started. combinations in seven games. Yeah. That's terrible. And then you've had injuries to James Bradbury. You've had Derry Slamis sometimes. Evante Maddox is out. The whole secondary has been, has been I mean, just, just an entire comedy show. And I think you really said it the best throughout the game. We texted back and forth during the game. You said, I mean, just give Desai some, some pieces, man. I mean, <laughs> give, this, yep. give this man some stability. Like he, they needed to uh, add the safety here. Like this was a huge,
0: this is a huge upgrade. Like now you get to, now you get to drop in Kevin Byard over Trellamans. Let's get real here, Thomas. Trellamans was the worst player on this defense last yeah. week. And just um, since he's been a starting safety, he's, he's, I wouldn't say unplayable, but he's almost at that route. Like he, I think he, he had four catches on four targets. I think he was the leading um, Eagles defender in coverage. Uh, the, the Dolphins targeted him quite a bit in that, in that football game. Um, so, like, just, just being able to drop Kevin Byard in there instead of Terrell Mins is just a massive upgrade. I just want to give a little bit of a background on Kevin Byard if people don't exactly know who he is. So, he is a, he was a third-round pick from the Titans in 2016. He's been with the Titans ever since. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro in 2017 and in 2021, two-time Pro Bowler in those years. He was the co-interception leader in the NFL in 2017. Um, he signed a second contract in Tennessee, um, so he's been there, like I said, since he was drafted in 2016. There, um, he's been one of the better safeties in the NFL. Um, last year, he had 108 total tackles, four interceptions, six passes defended. So he led the team in tackles and interceptions. This is a very good football player that the Eagles just added.
1: Yeah, and it's not like he show. It's not like he's shown any signs of 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 regression. I mean. In, in in 2020 2021 in his entire career he's been playing over 1000 snaps each and every single season he's been extremely durable he's a big time he's a big time leader he only just turned 30 mm-hmm. um it it he's he is he's he's as reliable as it gets and that's uh, that's what you want. I mean, it's not like the youth don't have talent in their in their secondary. I mean, Sidney Brown, I think, is going to have a really bright future. He, he had a really good game uh, yesterday as well. It's not something that's going to pop up in the stat sheet, but he brought physicality to to um, uh, to the defense. And, and even though he wasn't he wasn't as involved directly in the plays, like just from the TV copy and some of the replays they did. You could see that he was flying around out there. The Tyreek Hill touchdown, he damn near almost got there before Terrell Edmonds did while yep. coming as the backside deep safety. But just because he's that fast. And so now you combine hopefully what's gonna be Reed Blankenship or Cindy Brown um with Kevin Bayard. And it's just it, it gives you so many more options. Uh and and things to work with in the secondary.
0: Yeah, like it opens up flexibility where you can have Sidney Brown maybe even play some slot snaps if you need when re-blankenship gets back healthy. Like they they had Josiah Scott in there for a bit. Last night they had uh like Eli Ricks, who I want to talk about as well later, who played a pretty good game. He was also in there. Like just being able to push everyone a step down the depth chart. Like that. that is so important. And like the production level and just him being able to stay on the field. Like Kevin Byard has played in every single football game in his entire career he has not missed one game with an injury um and he has at least four interceptions in every year except one which was 2020 which was the covet year since since 2017 like he has been massively productive and this is really cool this is this is an awesome trade i didn't expect it to come this early like i thought how we all there were reports of Diana Rossini. I think she had an article Friday or, or something, Saturday, where she said that the Eagles are being heavily aggressive and trying to trade for Kevin, uh, safety and upgrade that position. Um, and it, it comes through just what a few days after that.
1: Yeah. For I think Eagles are doing, uh, doing a pretty good way of going about this, just getting all of AJ Brown's good friends. I mean, yeah, Julio Jones, bring him over, Kevin Byard, bring him over. Yeah. <laughs> and the, look, the last time the Eagles made a trade with Tennessee, look how that worked out. Yeah, I mean, you know, it turned out pretty good, darn good. In my opinion, just you wait. We're going to see Derrick Henry running around with the ball in the Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, literally. Who knows
0: at this point? Um, do you think how he's? Uh, do you think how he's done? Oh, so yo, the, okay. We have the we have the trade terms here. The Eagles get Kevin Byard. The Titans get Terrell Edmonds and a fifth and sixth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> They dished out Terrell Edmonds in the Trey Thomas.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, my God. This is hilarious. Why? Why? Who's the Titans general manager? This is wild. This, so Terrell Edmonds was on a one-year deal, right? Like he was on a one-year cheap deal. I, I don't really understand why Tennessee. I guess they needed a body. Like if you're Tennessee, why are you... Getting through elements this year, like what value does he do? They does he bring your team? I guess they just need a player to play at safety. I don't know what their depth looks like behind Kevin Byard, or did look like behind Kevin Byard, and then a fifth and sixth round pick. It doesn't uh, Ian Rapport doesn't have specific details on when these draft picks are, but
1: what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the general manager in? Tennessee? So
0: they the titans the, the 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 Titans Ray general manager. It was John Snyder who who would they fired, right? Um when they they fired uh John Schneider. Was it John Schneider? I think it was John Why do these one. guys
1: keep picking up the phone, man? Why do they keep picking up the phone when when Howard calls? Yeah. So the t- the TM <laughs> t- of the
0: Titans was John Schneider when they traded AJ Brown at the draft. Then he got fired. Um and I think it's what you Ron Carthon or something like that. Uh I don't know exactly his name now, but I don't love this trade for Tennessee side of things, but we'll obviously stick on the Eagles side. But this is uh, this is wild. I, I did not, uh, I, I did not see this coming, at least this early.
1: It's it's. It, I mean, Howie Roseman. I mean, standing applause. He standing does of it loss.
0: all the time. He refuses to let his roster stay status quo. Like he he will always look to upgrade his team, and he's one. He's the best general manager in the NFL right now. At just Upgrading at certain positions that need help. Last year we saw in King-Sue and Linval Joseph when the run defense wasn't working. This year we see him when the wide receiver goes down. Add Julio Jones when uh, the safety position starts getting thin and the players aren't playing well. Add Kevin Byer. It's beyond impressive what this guy does on uh, just a year-to-year basis from, uh, I guess, upgrading the squad. It's it's <laughs> it's
1: they they take the worst player on the defense a couple of useless picks and they get an all-pro safety just like that. (laughs) Wow. Well, this podcast got flipped upside down, didn't it? (laughs) <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, just to go back to the to, to the Dolphins game, and actually talking about because now we can see that from how from how Roseman's perspective, we went through the instability that they've had on on defense, and especially in the secondary. When you see that the only touchdown Eagles defense give up yesterday, and we can discuss whether or not they should have had more, they probably should. But the only one they did give up was that Tyreek Hill go route, and that was probably the the, the play they should have scored on the least. It's a super easy play to defend. It's from the around the Eagles' thirty-five yard line. It, I, I, am not buying this narrative of well, Tyreek Hill is uncoverable. Uh, P is who he is, so he's going to score. It, no, I mean, Desai had the perfect call for it. Yeah, James nope. Bragg, James Brapper and Bragg coverage. He's going to be the underneath defender. He doesn't have to get his hands on it because you, you, you're you're going to rely on your deep safety of having enough depth to actually be able to get there if they throw deep to Tyreek. Now. Terrell almost creeps up so far to the line to where he is even with with James Bradbury. He's right around that 10-yard line. Either he's been told to do, to do some kind of disguise thing, which would, that wouldn't make sense in that situation given the coverage you you made, or if he's been told that, it's his responsibility to flip his hips immediately at the snap and then run towards the deep post so he can cover that if, if they're actually going to throw it. Or two, he's too like he. Terrell Edmonds believes in his speed. Like I said, Sidney Brown almost caught up with him from the backside safety spot. That's how slow Terrell Edmonds is. So that's just poor situational awareness. Then, and of course, Ty, Tyree Hill's kind of it, it, it scores in that play. Now, Tua put a good ball on him, but it yeah. was it, it it wasn't it wasn't a play that should have been defended because Terrell Edmonds is back paddling when the ball is being snapped. Like, what are you doing? That's not. That does make sense in that situation.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of people getting uh, on James Bradbury for that play. Like James Bradbury wasn't in press man coverage where he was one on one on an island. And I don't think even like Sean is not gonna put make that call there. Like you're not gonna play press man coverage on Tyree Kill and have no safety over the top. Like that's that call's never gonna happen against the Miami Dolphins. That was specifically on Trellman's, like you said. I also thought there was one play goes like towards the right sideline. Uh, it was like, I think it might've been the third, it was a third and 13. I believe in the dolphin just made an easy completion to the right sideline. I don't know who exactly caught it for Miami. I think it might've been Cedric Wilson, just bodies, just bodies, Kevin Byard. Like, or not good bodies Kevin by bodies, Terrell Edmund, sorry. And just push him out of the way. Easy catch on the sidelines. Like Terrell is supposed to be this big body, physical safety, not on that point whatsoever. I am I'm, I'm blown away at this upgrade right now. Just being able to like flip like you 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 said it perfectly. You you trade away two late round picks that the Eagles don't need specifically at all. Like fifth and sixth round picks are absolute fly like dart throws from 30 feet away from the dartboard, trying to hit bullseye, and you flip Trellan for a legit top seven, ten safety in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean he he was Cheryl Lippman was the was he had an overall grade of fifty. He has an overall grade of fifty-nine. Um, Third season, he's been targeted ten times, given up eight catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Oh, they didn't even put the touchdown from uh, from uh, the Dolphins game on him. I think we can both agree that's a mistake. That is absolutely one that he should have been covering over the top. So give that 140 yards and two touchdowns. He's given up in that seven week stretch, and it, he plays with some physicality. I think he he's given he gives a, a lot of effort when he plays. He's just not he's just not as good. Um, and it. He, he, I mean, he made a, a play here and there, but it's just it's just nothing that you can combine. But then going back, I mean, how Roseman sees this game, and he's like, "Well, where am I? Where are my deficiencies on this team? Where can I upgrade? What what is the need to do right now?" And I think he's absolutely right in that this is the this is the the spot that he he could upgrade the team in immediately. And and really, now you have you have a completely healthy player to throw in there with. Hopefully, what's going to be Sydney Brown uh, starting alongside him. Maybe even Reed Blankenship. We don't know how long he's going to be out with his ribs injury. That was a back-to-back rib injury uh, thing that he's had, and now kept him out for two games. So probably we're going to see Kevin Byard and um, and Sydney Brown start next week. I really like that duo. Yeah, the Reed Blankenship thing. Like we don't know. um,
0: We don't. We don't exactly know uh, how long he's going to be out for. And yeah. He's been banged up this year too. Like, this is now what his second rib injury. Like, he had a rib injury, yeah, two earlier weeks earlier in the season, went. right? Yeah.
1: So yeah, this is now back in back- the and game you with know that. What well. This
0: is the off. They, they didn't even find Alan Lazard for that play, unless I missed it. No, because they did. It was on that. But yeah. Uh, yeah they, oh, block, they did. Right?
1: They find uh They, they find uh, Alan, okay. They find Alan Lazard the exact same amount. They they find uh, Josh Schwett. <laughs> the Josh Schwett find like what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. <laughs> I've this podcast got so I don't even know what direction to turn it in. Now, do we have anything more on Kevin Byard? I guess is what we'll I got Tom Pelissero actually just had a um just had a report on just the salary aspects of it. I'm just gonna read it out here. Yep. Um so uh, the Titans paid Kevin Byard 7 million of his 11 million compensation for 2023 and a signing bonus as part of his revised deal back in July. So what happened was is earlier this offseason, the Titans asked Kevin Byard um, for a pay cut and Kevin Bayard said, that's not happening. Um, and it's and I guess they made some sort of kind of handshake agreement here where they, they flip some money. So there's zero cash involved in this transaction is basically what Tom Pellicero is getting at. The Eagles don't really owe him and buy him any money for this year. And he's, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, I believe. Right. So this is a guy like they could be here. Like, if, let's say he has some success here. I don't see why not the Eagles could extend him. They have a very, they have a hole there long term. Like they Sydney Brown, you're ideally hoping can be starting safety and re-blankenship. But like, even at this point, we have still no idea what the long term outlook looks like for both those guys. So they definitely do have a hole for Kevin Bayer long term if they do even want to extend him.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think Bayard has a has a real interest in at this point in his career of playing for a team with stability and with a high level uh, that he can rely on yeah. uh, for for multiple years. I think at this point, he's earned the money that he wants. Now, obviously, he wanted more money playing for for Tennessee. That changes when you're winning. Winning changes everything. Um, so, yeah, if 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 the season progresses the way that we all hope, it's going to do, I think it opens up it opens up, uh, it opens up um, some possibilities, uh, absolutely, for you know keeping him around, maybe for like where the contract issues that he had earlier uh, in the offseason don't really become that big of a of a deal. Unless I'm reading this wrong, I think Kevin Byard is actually signed for next season. Let's check it out. Let's go. Which one are you? I'm on over the cap right now. Yeah. So does he have, uh, does he have the uh, what years? Yeah. So, so he's, he's on a contract for next year as well. He's
0: on yeah. A contract so he has 2025 and 2026. Yeah. He has a $19.5 million cap for next season. And th- this is included like the, they have in the contract notes here on over the cap. That it is included in the um, in the rework contract that he did have this offseason, so this looks up to date. Um, and also, Kevin Byard is a Philly guy. He was he grew up in Philadelphia. His favorite player was Brian Dawkins growing up. It's pretty darn cool get to play for your hometown team.
1: Hmm. Yep. I think it's 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 overall. I don't have I don't have any. I don't have anything wrong with this. It's perfect timing. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. Wow. <laughs> and that—that that is me.
0: <laughs> We're 21
1: minutes in. And we barely—we didn't speak once on the Dolphins. I did not expect... Oh, we that. talked a lot about the Dolphins. <laughs> we almost went through the entire thing of that game. I mean, it, it, this move fit perfectly to what we saw in that yeah. game.
0: Okay, let's finish off the trade... Let's just finish off the trade deadline talk in the trade talk here. So they, they got their safety. They got Kevin Um That... At the end of this podcast, my plan was basically to discuss that they need to add a safety. Like That that was basically what my take was going to be. Like It's time Sean Desai gets his safety, gets the guy that he can trust in the back end of his defense. They've done that. Um, is there anyone or is there any other position, maybe a player on the team that you think the Eagles could trade away, anything at all now surrounding the trade deadline
1: that you want to talk about? Derek Barnett can, can find somewhere else. <laughs> Nolan Smith needs to play he snaps um, other than that I don't really have anyone on the team that I think are really expendable I mean are, there are someone in that I mean I wouldn't even at this point I wouldn't even want to trade away Chris Watkins just basically for the uh, for the you know for the sake of of, of depth saw so AJ Brown go out a little bit yesterday we got a little bit of a glimpse of what that offense would be like without some of these guys that is scary It's a, it's a it's a scary thought and, and I think you for the limited amount of wide receivers they have on the team, I think you need to, to generally keep the depth they already have in place. Um, so, I mean, Derek Barnett is a guy you could tra- 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 trade away and knowing that you're probably going to be better because the guys you have behind him are, it's going to be default or better.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I think the Eagles should look to try to trade Derek Barnett and try to get some sort of late pick for him. I don't know exactly if he even has any trade value at this point. He's barely, like, his snap percentages are kind of hovering. Like, he played as low as 10% in the New England Patriots game. He had a tackle for loss in that game, and then all of a sudden he started playing more snaps. And since then, he's done absolutely nothing. So, since week one, Derek Burnett has one assisted tackle. That's that's his stat line. Um, he's played over 100 snaps during that stretch, too. So, it's not like he's not getting a ton of playing time. He's getting some. Since week one, it's been hovering around, like, the 25 to 35% range. Um and, and snap shares. So I agree. I think it's time for Nolan Smith to get more playing time. We saw it. Um, we saw him get a sack. He got his first career sack last night against Miami Dolphins, which is cool. And I and I also I also don't really understand like the Nolan Smith isn't a great run defender and like, he was really good at stopping the run at Georgia in college. Like he does, he plays bigger than his frame. Like I think you get you can get just as much physicality out of Nolan Smith than you do Derek Burnett.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Nolan Smith. You can really see that when he's out there, he's he's trying really, really hard. He's giving maximum effort whenever he's getting his snaps. He got his first sack. That was an effort sack. He bent around the he bent around a tackle that wasn't really really blocking him. It looked like it was a design QB draw. They're just gonna let Nolan Smith go, and he gets the sack. betting um, underneath it, he, he gets he gets limited playing time. But I like. Uh, I like, where he's, I like where his head is at while he's learning the position here. And like we just saw with Jordan Davis, I mean, Jordan wasn't really that great of a player last year. We're looking at him like, where's this athletic freak that we've been seeing? Where When is it starting to click? Year two, snap, he's he's all over the place. He's been involved in four sacks now um, on the season throughout seven weeks. He's a nose tackle who's been involved in, in four sacks. He has 10 QB pressures in the first seven weeks here. His pass rush is so improved. He is the absolute Did you see anchor. See that swim move last night, man. On that one sack, that swim move is working, man. He's getting those arms up. Like yeah. he looks athletic. He's looking at Jalen Carter do that every single snap. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that as well. Yeah, He's like, getting a few tips off in there. Let me copy paste that. Yeah, and, he... and, and I legitimately, I legitimately mean it—not as an hyperbolic statement—but Jordan Davis is the anchor of the best run defense in the league. It's it's that it starts with Jordan Davis and it ends with Jordan Davis. When you can, when you have a guy who can who can clean up three gaps, if he's lined up to the right side, he's got both a gaps and the B gap. Left side, he's got both a gaps he's got the B gap to that side. He's throwing around grown ass offensive linemen who's been in the league for so long, and he's making it look super easy. Did you see get... that
0: one? Did you see that one run attempt where I think it was Jeff Wilson or he most tried to run up the middle? Milt Williams and Jordan Davis just absolutely so it was a wall. Jordan Davis, yep. and Mil- like Jordan Davis, is like just grabbing. I, I don't know if it was Liam Eichenberg. I can't remember. I think it was a Eichenberg, the center, and just like shifting him wherever he wanted. Like it was, it was beautiful run defense.
1: Yep. Yeah, and 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 the beautiful thing about it is Jordan Davis takes on the double team. He doesn't get moved a bit. Milton Williams pushes back his guy. Does not get moved a bit. And they both disengage at the exact perfect time. Both of them. They just destroy the run. The gap is there, and it just closes immediately. and Doesn't get anything in that play. You see in that exact play, Sack Cunningham is free. There's nobody blocking him, but he's just not needed. He's standing there two yards behind the whole thing, looking at it it's like, "Well, nice job, guys." And you have linebackers who're not even who's not they're not doing anything in the run game because they don't have to. It's ridiculous.
0: The Double Dog Podcast today is sponsored by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Halloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble, Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a, tr- a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code DOINK20 for 20% off and free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want it to scare people with that scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman, Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman Skin Safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. Get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code DOINK20 for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. The Double Doink Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard. It's especially hard when you don't have someone you can open up to. Not everyone is comfortable talking to their friends and family about their personal matters or anything that is bothering them on a day-to-day basis. Mental health is so important to continue success in this world. Therapy is a great way to regroup and get everything off your chest. Insert BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy service, 100% online. They will match you with professional licensed therapists you can trust. You can talk with your therapist however you see fit by text, phone call, or video chat. BetterHelp has successfully helped over 4 million people worldwide deal with their day-to-day mental health issues. Use the link in the podcast description to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. Oh, wild! Uh, wild start to the pod. Um, let's. Uh, I think we can move on to the actual. Actually, you know what? Because there was actually breaking, like not quote unquote breaking news. Um, but Ryan Rappaport had a tweet before the podcast that I wanted to start with. Um, about Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts his knee, which he did have a brace on it. I think it was after halftime he came on the brace. You can kind of see it under his under his pants. Um. Ian Rapport said it's nothing that's going to keep him out of a the game. There's a good chance it won't even keep him out of practice. Um, and then Hertz said after the game that he's fine. How are you feeling about this knee injury? Because they're very nonchalant about it. They don't talk about it. The Nick Sirianni is the absolute worst with injury updates. Like it's so painful to listen to this guy's press conferences and trying to get any information out of him. He won't give much. Sounds like he's all right. But any
1: concern, kind of long term, with this? Um, not with the injury in itself, uh, because we saw him scramble around after he threw his pick six, uh, the, the ensuing drive, he's running around out there for 20 yards and he's sliding down. He's, he's like, he's still maneuvering around the pocket and looking, uh, um, capable of playing and, and stepping around the pocket, stepping into his throws, all that stuff. So it doesn't hinder his playing ability. With that being said, this isn't new. We've talked about this for a couple weeks now that he just doesn't look the same when he's running. And it looks like it's something like when they're being, when they're, when they're talking about an injury as it is right now, for me, it doesn't sound like it's an, it's not an acute injury. It's not something that has happened with a hit in the recent weeks. I think this is something that is flaring up from time to time. I think it happened in the Rams game. Like I think he's been playing through it. Maybe, but we we saw it even before the Rams game when he's running around. He doesn't do do cuts the way that he's done before. Mm -hmm. Like, this could have been a thing where he is, on some play, uh, hyperextended, like a grade one MCL, LCL thing where he's playing through some pain. It swells up from time to time. It gets stiff. It hurts when he's cutting. And that's why we're not seeing that same explosiveness when he's cutting around. Then suddenly we see a week. I don't know, remember, I don't remember what game it was, but it was within the first four where he's running around like a madman. It was like, Oh, it was just the uh, bu- That's why I think it happened in the Rams game
0: because it was that Bucks Monday night game. Do you remember before ra- that game we talked about for four straight
1: weeks? I think that it just doesn't look right when he's running. Yeah,
0: the, the first two weeks it did it for sure.
1: The first two weeks that he looked like the New England Patriots game, he wasn't running yeah. properly. Um, I think then, this is um, something they've known for a long time. That's why they're being long-shalong about it, because it's something that, you know, it's old news for them. We haven't heard about it. We can see it. He looks hindered. But it's old news for the Eagles organization. That's why it's like, eh, we know this thing. It, I mean, it goes up and down. And some and some weeks he looks like he's probably fine with in, in terms of pain. Other weeks, it hurts more. Like this week was absolutely one of them. Um, where I'm concerned is that if you have a quarterback with those injuries, why the hell do you keep running QB draws <laughs> and why is that your go-to red zone play? If you have a QB who's hurt, no, that's fair. Um,
0: they shouldn't be running as much. I, I kept screaming, "Put the ball in the running back's belly!" Like last night. Um, uh, just overall, um, I guess we can kind of. So we're. I, I think just my take on the injury. Like I think they need to obviously keep rested, keep the practice time down. Get in the bye week's coming at a pretty good time here. They've got two more games, so they have commanders. Um, and then Cowboys, and then they get the week off. So it could be happening where, like, maybe after the bye week, Jalen Hurts is 100%. But he's he's going to grind out and play. He's one of the toughest guys in the NFL. He's a tough son of a bitch. We've seen it a 100 times. Um, he gets hurt. He gets up. Mentally tough. He's just – he's. this is not going to – like Ian Rapport said, it's not going to hurt him. We'll see how his mobility goes, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, let's talk about Jalen Hurts' performance in the Miami Dolphins game. So let's switch back. To the Dolphins game for a bit before we get out of here. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball um, since we're already on the Hurts conversation. How did you think Jalen Hurts played last night?
1: Um, up and down. Uh, I think he had a bunch of crazy plays. I think ninety percent of the game he was really good. Yeah. Um, ball placement overall was 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 good. Uh, the deep throw to AJ Brown could not have put it any better. Um. Like we saw against the Jets, the the pass to to, to Devontae Smith, they actually had one of the, the same type of things. When it was seventeen seventeen, Hurst steps up in the pocket. They've just had a drive where they you no know, the pick six happened. It was the ensuing drive. They're at around the midfield, like they were against the Jets. Jalen Hurst steps up in the pocket, and he finds Devontae Smith over the middle, slightly to the left, and he picks up about thirty yards in the play, exactly as it should have happened against the Jets. This time, Devontae Smith catches it. They they cash in for a touchdown on that on that drive. So. I think it was more a product of the players stepped up more. The guys were getting open. They were making the catches when they had to. Uh, Devontae Smith only had one play where he didn't, doesn't come down with it. I wouldn't call that a drop. Jalen Hurts should have put it lower for him. Should have made it an easier catch. If he goes way up. He catches that above his head. It he gets yeah, knocked it's out. It's a tough catch. It's not a drop. You you expect Devontae Smith to come down with that. But overall, I think all the guys did what they had to do. A.J. Brown, phenomenal. I mean, he's a monster. Um, the run game... It wasn't, it wasn't dominant. Like it, it, it wasn't something where you go, a lot of Kenneth gain well. Uh, again, um, yeah, they struck. They struggled to
0: open, get some opening lanes or open some lanes. Sorry, in the in between the tackles. Um, I thought the Miami Dolphins front seven played really well. Like yeah, I, I, thought, and, I thought Christian Wilkins and, and just Van Ginkle played well. I thought like the front seven of Miami really did a good job of kind of pushing back on the Eagles' line. I'm not saying the Eagles' line played a bad game. I thought they played fine. But it wasn't like I was expecting a dominant performance from Eagles on. That just wasn't there in this one.
1: Yeah. And so I think overall, the guys around Jalen Hurts stepped up and they played well and they executed. And so he didn't have to get into that gear of having to do too much. Um, two turnovers is not ideal, especially when you have a defense who doesn't really get that many turnovers. Now, Eagles defense have been playing well. but they're just not that just not opportunistic in the same sense that the ball has not had a tendency of going their way. Um that's always a matter of loss of averages. You know, the ball bounces a little bit this way and it's a turnover instead. It, it, overall, the defense is playing really well, but it just hinders your entire team. If your offense is turning the ball over and defense isn't really getting it yeah. back that way. Like that was um, that was that in, that Jill Hurts interception like he can't throw that
0: ball. Like it was, but it was like a wild deflection, right? Like it yeah, bounces it right funny. to him. Like it happened, it happened in the week in the Jets game too, with the Dallas garden reception where the ball just fucking finds a defender. Like it's off a tip pass. Like the Eagles are almost one of my takeaways from the Eagles through six weeks is it's almost like they're playing like they did last year, but they're unlucky in certain spots. Like, the like the fumble luck the, and the turnover luck is not there with them right now. And that's something they had last year. Like, they weren't turning the – like, Hertz already has more turnovers, I believe, this year than he did last year through six games. I, I I could be wrong on that one. I think that's true. I think he only had six interceptions last year. He's already at seven or eight now. I think – I don't know how many fumbles he had. But even if he doesn't have the same – or more, it's pretty close. And that – if that changes, like, if you're able to get Jalen Hurts to keep – hold on the ball better and – just be a little more like safe with the ball, like he was last year. This offense is even a higher ceiling than it already does, and like how this offense has been really good. Like they're top five in basically every single analytical metric you can look at right now. Success rate, EPA per play. I think they're top five in points per game, yards per game.
1: Like, except turnovers.
0: The, yeah, except for turnovers. That's the one difference from last year to this year. And I know the play calling gets a lot of heart, a heat. I thought Brian Johnson actually called a pretty solid game. Yesterday, I, I didn't like the, the first red zone drive at all. Uh, there were three straight run plays. I think it was two quarterback runs in that one sequence. They end up kicking a field goal to start the football game. I, I really didn't like that sequence. Other than that, I thought he was pretty creative. I, I really liked that screen pass at Dallas Goddard on that blitz. I don't know if Jill Hurts checked to that or not. That could, that could be the case. But I thought that was a great time, uh, time in that uh, timely play call Sorry in that situation. I liked the, the, taking the deep shot to Adrian Brown, the double move there at, at that time in the game. Like that was a really, that was a really big play. You really wanted to get a chunk yardage gain out of, in that situation, and he did that. I thought Brian Johnson held his own. He's been getting a lot of criticism, a lot of heat from the uh, from the Eagles media. He's even getting national media some attention as well. I thought it was a nice bounce back performance for him. So overall, like I think it's literally just the turnovers right now. The Eagles need to stop. That is number one the biggest problem with the offense. And I know, like, it's a, you can attribute to that to Brian Johnson's play calling it sometimes. But, like, again, a lot of these, like, the DeAndre Swift fumble, that, that shit happens. The two deflected passes, one Jets game, one Dolphins game. Like, there's just little things that are going down that are accumulating to big things that are hampering the offense. And I don't think that's sticky over a year period. Like, this is, they're going through their lumps, and I think you'll start to see the turnovers drop as the season goes, uh, season goes down.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're 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 right. Uh, I don't know who, I don't know how much uh, leeway Jalen Hurts has in the red zone in terms of changing the plays. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say it's it's between the twenties. Brian Johnson had called a good game. Uh, the red zone is is still, it, it was fine. Like they made it work. They got touchdowns this this week instead of field goals for the most part. I just, I just, still, I just, still, I'm, s- I'm still super curious. Why we see a, a, a second and nine kind of game will run, and then followed right after by by Jalen Hurts QB draw on third and eight. It's it's it, it's just, it, and if it's if it's Jalen Hurts changing the play because they've allowed him to, and he sees something and he he ch- checks into it. Now obviously that's not the fault of Brian Johnson, and so when you have, I just have that red zone. Red Zone um, series, sort of say, where where that that was mind boggling. But if that's Jalen Hurts checking the plays, naturally that doesn't go against Brian Johnson. But it's still a very, it's a terrible sequence, and it's it, it just shouldn't happen, especially after seven weeks. Yeah, like they need to get they during the bye week
0: and even like now and Cowboys week heading into that, they need to really focus on the red zone offense because if they can get that going. Like it, it takes this offense to a whole other level. The one thing is, too, is like last year they weren't a big passing red zone offense. Like you saw that with Jalen Hurts, the touchdown numbers. He didn't have like that many high, like very high numbers there. Like they're they are a run first team in the red zone, which I think ideally is fine. But the run game has also not been there and it's hampering the passing game. Like it's kind of though since the run game is not there, it's 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 collapsing the red zone passing game as well. Like, they just, they just need to kind of get on the same page and, and get that run game going. Because, like, Miles Sanders had how many rushing touchdowns last year? Jalen Hurts had how many rushing touchdowns last year? Like, that was the bread and butter was just when we got inside the 20, we're just going to overpower. Um, and yeah, but also I think, think it kind of goes
1: game. down to, like, last year, they had more success, Jalen Hurts, running the ball in the red zone. Yes, that's fair. And it, and it goes back to what we seem just talked about. He, he's obviously not well running the ball. Why the fuck do you keep trying that? I mean, why do you keep going read option? And, and QB draws and all this bullshit. Give the ball out to your great players. AJ Brown, more slants, more drags. Get just get the ball. to Even shit, let him stay throwing the ball. He'll he'll probably he'll probably chuck down the DB and get you five to ten yards, and maybe even score. It doesn't have to be that hard. I really like they got a, a, a touchdown this game. This game here in the red zone where they just throw a simple slant to AJ Brown. He breaks two tackles and he scores. Yeah,
0: they ran that play all the time last year. It's that in-breaking row with A.J. Brown, and you have Dallas Goddard on kind of that deep – not really like it was but a fifteen yard kind of corner uh, post, and it worked all the time in the red zone last year. They had Dallas Goddard on it all the time. They hit AJ Brown. They do they do RPOs off it. Like it almost felt like last night they kind of got back to the bread and butter that worked for them in the, in 2022. Like one of the one I was I was texting you during the week, and I said one of the biggest takeaways I had from the Jets game was just the lack of RPOs that were working. Like they couldn't you get anything going in the RPO game. Against the Jets. They actually got away from it too after De, 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 Devonta Smith's drop. Like, I, heading into that game against the Dolphins, I don't have the adjusted stats, but they were getting 97 yards on RPOs in 2022 per game, only 47 heading into week six in 2023. So, like, their RPO game was basically slashed in half. And that was again their bread and butter last year with Jalen Hurts holding onto the ball, Miles Sanders keeping it, and AJ Brown coming in or Dallas Goddard on an out where Like they killed teams with the RPO game, and that is still they they did a pretty good job of it last night. But it's still not there, and that can that will come in my opinion. But the, the just little shit with the offense, like little stuff I'm noticing. Another thing I really noticed from this game, Thomas, I don't know if you did, they were really good at it empty yesterday. Like the empty empty formation was like their, which is, was huge for them. Like empty was a cheat code for the Eagles in 2022. Like the the teams couldn't stop it. And this year, it has not been the same at all. I think they're like 70% less EPA on empty formations this year than last year. Um, And in this game, like when Jalen Hurts um, on no play action passes from empty, 16 to 18 for one touchdown. There you go.
1: Can we agree Titans are are the mate you have in fantasy who just ruins it for everybody? Like he <laughs> he's the guy who just keeps trading his best players to one of his friends and they just create a superpower team.
0: I'm having a hard time focusing on like Miami dolphins after this straight. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't know why they couldn't get more for Kevin Bayer here. Like I don't understand the addition of Terrell Evans here. What I don't get what the need. Is for. Maybe... I think you're
1: right that it's probably just a body thing. Yeah. Maybe so it's, Eagles... it's it, maybe it's the Eagles who who are like, well, I mean, if if they keep if they keep Terrell Edmus around, they're gonna have too many guys because when when Justin Evans comes back, I mean, then what? Yeah, you're, you're gonna have five. You're gonna you're gonna keep a roster spot for Terrell Edmonds. and you don't really have the spot to do so. That's fair.
0: And yeah, like after last night, he was he, he's unplayable. He's unplayable. He was the worst player on the defense by far. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's talk about that defense. Actually, anything more on the offense uh, before we change over the defense? I won't we'll get out of here. Nah. Um. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Jason Kelsey. Uh, Jason Kelsey started his 146th career game, or 146th straight game yesterday, um, last night against Miami Dolphins. He just continues to be dominant. Thomas, Jason Kelsey has now not allowed a sack since week 6 of 2021. Which is an unbelievable streak. He now replaces Lane Johnson's streak, who was back in 2020. Lane Johnson did allow his first sack since 2020 last night. Um, but Jason Kelsey continues just to be dominant. He was the highest grade offensive lineman in week six for the Eagles, just still playing at such a high level. He opened up that one rushing lane on the left side, I think it was on the Kenneth Gainwell run. Guys, just it, it, it's every week. Like, I, 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 i Jason Kelsey, AJ Brown, like the amount of talent that they have on this offense and just how well they continue to play. Like AJ Brown is playing at such an insane level right now. It's, we're expecting 125 yard gains from every single game going forward. Like that's he there's no one playing better at the wide receiver position than AJ Brown right now. You can make the argument for Tyree Kill, but AJ Brown brings like another dynamic element. Like there's no one else that looks and plays like him. I have never it's basically since Terrell Owens in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, is he the best receiver that's ever played for the Eagles?
0: it's getting there like I, I, you can make the argument
1: like Terrell Owens one year but yeah I mean he... Terrell Owens career obviously doesn't match up with AJ with yeah. Brown I mean he's, he's, he's getting there he's, he's, he's been the most he's been I think the, the second most productive, uh, productive player in the first five years of a career uh, right. Odell Beckham clears I think also Tyreek Hill clears actually probably he's the third um, but other than that He's on he's on a trajectory of, of having a, a better career than T.O. But but just from an Eagles perspective, being an Eagles wide receiver, I think it's there, man. Mm-hmm.
0: He's also on like a Hall of Fame trajectory right now. Like yeah. he's he's two time Pro Bowler. He's gonna pr- be a first team All Pro this year. He's probably got two or three first team All Pros left in his game. Like if you once you're hitting that third first team All Pro level with like six Pro Bowls, whatever it is, like you're in Hall of Fame talk. And my eyes tell me this is a Hall of Fame football player with AJ Brown. Like he's he's going to be one of the greatest of all time when it's all said and done. And he's still so young. He's only what twenty five. Did he just turn twenty six years old? Uh, AJ Brown. Yeah, he is twenty six. It's every single week he's, he's ex- exceeding my expectations. It's the Eagles are so lucky to have him. Thank you, Tennessee. Um, it's wild. Anything else? I actually I think that's it on the offense. Uh, let's move over to defense quickly. Sean DeSimone. Holy shit, what a game. The Miami Dolphins offense only produced 10 points. You can even say seven points, really, because that fumble put the ty- or the Dolphins in field goal range. And that was, uh, like, the they, the Dolphins really only earned one touchdown in this game. Like, seven points. That was it. And yeah, I thought Sean but decided... Really- Tyreek
1: Hill dropped uh, a clear-cut touchdown as well. That's fair. James Bradbury should have had legal contact at the one-yard line. And so, I mean, there are there are situations where the Dolphins could have scored touchdowns, but it wouldn't really have it wouldn't have changed the perspective of the game. I think no. they put together a really good defensive game plan. and They were in position to make the plays, even a third and nineteen. Darius Lace right there. You said it, Terrell Edmonds, multiple third downs. He's right there, uh, to 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 clean up the pass. But just it just goes that on third down and fourth down, they convert four plays of fourteen, I believe, or thirteen. In total, number one offense in the league. They can't run the ball. The only time they run, they ran the ball were outside zones with uh, with Raheem Mostert. Uh, clear and obvious holding on BG on one play. Clear and obvious holding on Derek Barnett on the other play. It is what it is. They missed those calls. They didn't get the 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 illegal contact call. Those fade out. If they didn't get those, they would have been backed up. The drive would have never gotten into the red zone anyway. So it that that kind of evens out a little bit. Um, I think overall. Man, they're they were they were playing so well. Hassan Reddick, Josh Wett, terrific games. Jalen Carter. I mean, you know, you know the the, the cliche they always use about um, offensive players who are like extremely dynamic. Like, Christian McCaffrey, he always makes the first guy miss. Like he always said that about Cooper Cup as well. Like he catches the ball, he always makes the first guy miss. Jalen Carter is the exact same thing, just at the def- defensive tackle position. He always makes the first blocker look like an idiot. Always. And then he gets second blocked by somebody else it, uh, after that, or the QB gets rid of the ball immediately after. That's why he doesn't get the sack. He didn't even play a lot last night. He only had 16 pass rush snaps. He had four pressures. <laughs> like,
0: guy's guys, insane. Like that one, he just freaking hurls Isaiah Wynn out of the way. Like, just one arm, throws him like he's like throwing garbage out on on the street. It's, yeah, like Jalen Carter is dominant. Josh Sweat played. Incred- Joshua was the best player on the defense yesterday. He was spectacular. Six pressures, four quarterback hurries, two sacks. He has now more pressures than TJ Watt and Nick Bosa. He's top five in the NFL in pressures. pressures. I think he's only behind Bryce Huff and Jadavion Clowney. Clowney Clowney's having a really good year for the Ravens. I, I didn't really notice until I was looking at some stats today. Um, but Joshua and Nassan Reddick, that combination is really starting to come alive right now. Uh, like that, then it's really key because we all were worried about Javon Hargrave, like that loss in the interior defense, how it's gonna affect these guys. Jalen Carter steps in and hasn't moved the play at all, moved the needle at all on the play of the edge rushers, they're just continuing to roll. What I really like from Sean Design this game, Thomas, is he actually, I think, spoke about it during the week. The Dolphins throw to like a certain area of the field instead of like throwing to like like a lot of their crossing routes and their patterns happen in the certain zones of the end of the field. Sean Desai checked that in during the week, I guess leading up to it, figured out exactly where these crossing routes are going to hit, exactly where Tyree kill, when these guys want to get to a certain point of the field, and made sure his zones, his zone defenses were there. Like there was always an Eagles player in passing lanes. There was always a guy sticky in coverage. Like and it wasn't they weren't playing man to man. It was just the zone coverage schemes were in the right spots where the Dolphins wanted to attack.
1: Yeah. It's and it's, that's just good game plan. That's just good coaching yeah, right there. That's good coaching. And we we've been so used to Jonathan Gannon being lit up whenever he's playing a a, a capable quarterback. At Tula Tangavallo, you can make the argument he was the MVP leading into this this week. He played better than any other quarterback in the league. Yep. You're going against that, and you'll give up ten points. It's night was, and day from what we're from what we've been accustomed, accustomed to seeing last year.
0: Yeah, like even if you look back um, to the last two years of Jonathan Gannon, he played nine good quarterbacks. Um, it was Dak times three, Mahomes times two, Brady times two. I even have Derek Carr in there and Justin Herbert. Um, he allowed an 81 percent completion percentage with 29 touchdowns to those quarterbacks. Tua just belongs in that area, like. John again just was not able to slow down high-powered offenses. So if you're an Eagles fan, you got to be really ecstatic here because they're playing the Ford ers the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys twice. Like they have really good offenses coming up, and they just shut down the best one of the, of the pack. So yep. that is like that. Is, I said to this you. I said this to you before the podcast. I said there was a lot of really good things coming out of this Eagles game. Like what this wasn't just a win. Like, there was a lot of reinforcing, like, okay, this football team is very good. The fact that they have a defensive line that can just take over a game, the fact that you have a smart defensive coordinator now, the fact that you have a star wide receiver that can just make plays, a really good running back, really good quarterback, like, they have everything. And when it comes together,
1: they're the best team. They can be the best team in football. I mean, this was the type of win that solidified that they're in that tier. Yeah. If they lost this game, they, it, they, there would have been serious questions marked whether or not they be, they belonged in the top tier of the of the mm-hmm. NFL, in yeah. my opinion. No, agreed. They, they 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 handed it to the to the Dolphins, and it's not it's not as much. It, it doesn't go to against the against the Dolphins. they they're a really really good team. I mean that is one of the most explosive offenses we've ever seen. And the Eagles were flat out better. Like everyone's complaining about the
0: penalties. Six of the ten penalties the Dolphins had were offside penalties. Like right, line up in the right spot. Like you know what I mean? Like little stuff like that. Like it, the Eagles were just flat out the better team for all sixty minutes. Um, all right. Anything else, man? We're fifty-one minutes in. Wild episode. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Productive. <laughs> yeah. That was that was crazy, man. We we killed two birds with one stone. We got the Kevin Byer deal. We got we got the Miami Dolphins recap game. Um, Thomas and I will be back, um, at some point, maybe before the commanders game or after that, we'll figure it out. But thanks so much for tuning in guys. Really appreciate it. Sorry for not being around last week, but Thomas on vacation. It was good to have a little nice little break. We got the rest of the season to talk Eagles for you. Make sure to check out our sponsors, BetterHelp, help manscaped and sweat Taylor. make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, you name it, we are there. Um, any breaking the birds videos coming up that you want to plug in quickly.
1: That's gotta be videos this week going to be a bunch of them who are you looking at we're going to go d-line absolutely nice little josh sweat action maybe
0: (laughs) well make sure to follow and check out thomas's youtube channel breaking the birds it's the best in the business for eagles uh eagles tape and we will talk to you later.